This morning, the question is, who bombed the hospital in Gaza that killed 500 people? Australian journalist Caitlin Johnstone has some ideas about that. Here is her essay, read by Tim Foley. Israeli intelligence suddenly able to intercept Hamas communications. Another strange thing about Israel's claim that its intelligence services didn't detect preparations for the Hamas attack on October 7th is the fact that it is now releasing what it claims are intercepted conversations of Hamas fighters talking to each other about matters of high importance. Israel has released an audio clip of two voices which it claims belong to Hamas militants speaking about the hotly disputed explosion at the Al-Ali Arab Hospital in Gaza on Tuesday. The IDF had previously told the press that it would be releasing intercepted conversations which prove Palestinian Islamic Jihad, not Israel, was responsible for the blast. Here's a transcript of Israel's English translation of the dialogue. Quote, I'm telling you, this is the first time that we see a missile like this failing, and so that's why we are saying that it belongs to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. What? They are saying it belongs to Palestinian Islamic Jihad. It's from us? It looks like it. Who says this? They are saying that the shrapnel from the missile is local shrapnel and not like Israeli shrapnel. What are you saying? And the name is bleeped. But God bless, it couldn't have found another place to explode? Never mind, yes, they shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. What? They shot it from the cemetery behind the Al-Mamadani hospital, and it misfired and fell on them. There is a cemetery behind it? Yes, Al-Mamadani is exactly in the compound. Where is it when you enter the compound? You first enter the compound and don't go towards the city, and it's on the right side of the Al-Mamadani hospital. Yes, I know it. End quote. You can make of this transcript as you wish. I've seen plenty of people on the pro-Palestinian side of the debate disputing the veracity of the recording for a variety of reasons, claiming Gazans don't speak in the accent used in the clip, to claiming Hamas fighters don't communicate such information over the phone or without using codes for locations. But I personally am completely unqualified to make such assessments, so I'll leave that question alone for the time being. All I'd like to highlight at the moment is the fact that it sure is interesting how Israel suddenly claims to have all this visibility into conversations between Hamas fighters about combat operations against Israel. Where was all this eavesdropping capability while Hamas was preparing a massive assault that wound up killing over a thousand people? It's certainly possible that Israeli intelligence services are phenomenal at spying on Hamas communications. And it's certainly possible that Israeli intelligence services had no idea Hamas was preparing its attack. It's also possible that both are false. But it's very difficult to believe they're both true. It's very hard to believe that Israel had all this insight into what Hamas fighters are communicating about, but somehow missed preparations for a highly sophisticated multi-pronged attack involving motorboats, drones, and motorized paragliders in an area the size of Philadelphia. It's even harder to believe it when you learn that Egyptian intelligence warned Israel of a coming attack shortly before it happened. 
It's harder still when you learn that, according to CNN, on October 6th, U.S. officials were circulating reporting from Israel indicating unusual activity by Hamas. One of the many problems with the bizarre mainstream consensus that it's fine for nations to go on a murderous rampage whenever something bad happens to them, as we saw from the U.S. after 9-11 and are seeing again in Israel, is that it gives sociopathic intelligence agencies an obvious and undeniable incentive to let bad things happen in order to advance pre-existing agendas that can only be advanced by mass-scale military violence. Whether that's happening in this particular case or not, it would be wise to remove this incentive by insisting on cool heads and rational responses to attacks when they occur. I spoke with journalist John Woodford about the bombing. And again, they, they sort of feel that the story is still out there. There's no yeah. resolution. I mean, how do you right. feel about it? Yeah, I, I think it's still out there. It could be either way. And of course, in a way, it's the, the situation is so bad and, and uh, such suffering of people that no matter who did it, is, you know, who, who's going to, no one's going to be punished for it one way or the other. This is all going to sh shake out in whoever wins this particular phase of the conflict. And it looks as if, of course, how they would think that one side armed the way Israel is and with the backing it's got, there's no way that it's not going to, as I said last week, I'll be looking at Israel trying to reach a as close to a 10 to 1 uh, kill ratio as they can get. And I think that's probably their ambition and why they're stalling at what they're going to do and probably why the United States is also giving them this time, this kind of free time. It's like a free-for-all time for them to kill as many as they can, uh, drive as many as they can out of the territory. And then I, I suppose they'll try to figure out whether they can expand an occupation. I mean, do you think they will do the land... Uh... Well, I'm, that would probably be that would probably be of that particular wing of the uh, Zionist movement. Their goal would be to take it over, but whether they can get away with it, they have opposition inside their own country to such a move because people rightly see that all that's going to do is prolong all of the tension and animosity and hatred and craziness and. That's no way to end it, but those who, whose main goal is to expand the territory, will be happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think on both sides they're they're using masses of people as cannon fodder. Just right. as Kate Johnstone said, how can you be listening and have the have the fine tuning of spying on people that you just happen to hear them? talking about, oops, we bombed the hospital by mistake. And here they've been planning an invasion for weeks, if not months. Right. And you know, and you treat it as a big surprise. Yeah. Something something doesn't make sense. And that's fishy, yeah, that's fishy. And, yeah. and um, I think on your program last week, where I was looking at this Israeli former intelligence officer who runs the, infra in the site called Memory, M-E-M-R-I, 
that they were saying before the attack that they've been hearing about all these plans for an attack. Mm -hmm. And we're getting it from Israeli intelligence and other sources that these people monitor. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you say, somebody was not surprised. Right. I mean, they, they, they knew, they didn't know exactly maybe when and where, but they knew something was going to happen. Right. And, um, as someone has said, it's not the first time that combatants like this, people who like war, people who like violence, this just this plays right into their hands. Yeah. They well, what did you think of the uh, the uh, visit by Biden? I think that Biden is probably being he's probably being stage managed by people very close to the Israeli leadership. Really? Yeah. And they never say, you know, if, if a black person goes someplace uh, overseas or an Irish person goes to uh, engage in the talks in Northern Ireland, you notice our media always traces their ethnic uh, background and comments on, well, I wonder if you know, this person's coming, their families from the same background, and there's Irish and Kennedy's Irish, you know, all that kind of a stuff. Right. But here, here's our, uh, Blinken, of course, is a Zionist. Yeah, but, he's Jewish, yeah. Yeah, but they never, it's never, that's not reported the same way. Yeah. Not just Blinken, but they have a whole, a whole crew of uh, people who have supported Israel. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong for them to support Israel, but it should be out in the open their connections and yeah. whether this and whether that connection um may be problematic in a world in the situation that it is, does it make people do things that are biased or reckless or careless? I mean this can be asked of people. But I mean yeah, but you can be Jewish and not pro Israel. I mean the Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean it's all right, you know, and some people are pro-Israel, but they're not pro-expansion or they're not pro-occupation or they figure the situation, you know, we've expanded as far as we need to. Now we better figure out how to live in peace. There's got to be some kind of settlement. Otherwise, it's just plain to everyone that this thing would just go on and on and on every so many years. Is that the way that people would like to live into the indefinite future with every now and then your neighbors uh popping up and killing you yeah well given this yeah. i mean on this on given this reality now i mean how, how when do they stop the killing i mean how much how many people how many you know yeah right do they want to kill before enough is enough yeah well i think for um for zealots on both sides they've got some kind of ratios or calculus of how many will slake the thirst for revenge mm -hmm. or you know, and they clearly seem to be moving you know moving towards it because biden and i think someone even on npr pointed it out uh, biden said nothing about a ceasefire nothing about any specific way to open up the right. corridor 
rescue people. Nothing specific. Uh, made no, you know, other than to promise the money. He promises the money to Israel for weapons and whatever else it's going to be. And then he said they were going to allot money um, for aid right. for the Palestinians if the aid is approved and by, checked and by Israel. Right, by Israel, by how? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. How, so, how? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, so heaven knows, I don't know, these politicians, who knows what's going on in their head. Uh, I mean, as I said before, I think they think mostly of their forthcoming election right. and having some having something that's going to fit their platform, something they will have done or said something that will deprive their critics of an angle, of an attack point. So they're just covering all bases that way. Right. But there's no real sense, as I said, there's no statement of purpose or principle. And again, ignoring the United Nations. Yeah, exactly. Why not try to use an international body to try to see if you can get a ceasefire to stop the uh, violence as soon as possible. Right. But I mean, but they don't I, even mention. They don't but even I mention. I think it. Biden controls this. This Biden really controls the purse strings, and he could, yeah, say, yeah. "Hey, we're not going to give you any more money unless you stop right. it." Oh. oh yeah. Oh, anytime the United States um, would have someone say, and of course that got. Uh, I think when Obama once made some kind of statements that would indicate they might want to look at the such and such. So Netanyahu came to the United States and chastise Biden, I mean, Obama. Yeah, yeah. Remember he came there and he, I mean, in a way, it was like the tail wagging the dog. But I think he was confident that he's got enough support in the uh, media and foundations and whatever old apparatus behind um, uh, supporting Israel that he had enough strength to get away with it. Yeah. But I mean, I think what's happening now is just out and out slaughter. Oh, yeah. 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 As I say, I think they have, uh, you know, it's the same thing that happened. They talk about it uh, being uh, like a Western democracies. Don't do this. Don't do that. What they mean is like Israel say, oh, we didn't mean to kill. We didn't. I'm oh, sorry. We didn't mean to kill 5,000, whatever. But it just sort of happened. And they say, but our enemies will say that they intended to kill the 5,000. <laughs> you know, like, the, the Hamas and those others, they intended to kill you, but we killed you, but we, we're going to tell you that we didn't mean to. Right, right, right. <laughs> Same number of dead. I was just reading, I was just thinking about the history. Let's just look at the history of Texas. Like uh, the Texans, when they knocked the um, Mexicans away from Texaco, there was a little movement. You might think of it as a mini Hamas among the uh, some of the Texans, not very well organized, very small. This is in the early 1900s. And uh, they did some sort of little uprising type stuff. Maybe they killed a few people. Anyway, as a result, what the Mexicans call La Matanza, the massacre. It went on for about 10 or 12 years in which probably hundreds, if not thousands of Mexicans were killed, uh, often by um, vigilantes, Texas Rangers, and others. There was like open season 
on Mexicans in our Southwest is said to be in retaliation. So they had a little uprising, but then as a result, the other side comes in and for a period of 10 or 12 years, expands its power, solidifies it, and uses that little movement as a rationale to excuse what they did to the Mexicans. And um, this is sort of something similar, where you're gonna take land away from somebody. I, I remember when I, we were in college and I didn't know much about politics, but guys were telling me that, that South Africa, that the part that the boards went into was uh, unpopulated. And um, so they were saying that people who said that the South African whites were racist and murderous and so forth, that's no, that's wrong because they went into uh, virgin territory and now right. they're making it bloom, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and we used to hear that about the Middle East, that the, you, Israel, they went in and they made the desert bloom areas that, as if all the people who had been living there for centuries didn't and didn't know how to raise food and eat, and then yeah, you come right. in supposedly empty or, or poorly used landscape, and then uh, with your infusion of money from the United States, of course, they need that part out. Yeah, you can. You then you have a, a development. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the way of the human animal seems to be might makes right, and so if you can't enforce your claims and desires with the might, you're going to lose out. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you think the, the next step is? What do you think will happen the next few weeks or next? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I don't think that there's any other party that wants to get in there and expand the war. I mean, I think that they all wanted to use their proxies, um, the Iranians and uh, uh, you know, Saudis and right. you know, Arab Emirates, and uh, all of them using them. But they, I don't see how they'll want to get involved directly themselves. So the proxies are just going to get ground down. Yeah. Who's going to be standing? I think the people who are going to stay there in Gaza, I mean, some are saying they're going to defy, some are saying they're going to defy the Israeli orders. They're not going to move out. Some, of course, say they're getting bombed while they try to move out. Right. And I'm saying that if they move out, they won't be able to come back. And then others will leave. So will when it's over, then will Israel decide that they're going to encroach a little bit, take a little, you know, squeeze them, squeeze them into a smaller space? I mean, so when it's over, the Israelis get some land. I'd be surprised if they don't try that. Yeah. And the only ones that could stop them from doing that would only be a very united um, Arab or pan-Muslim or some sort of formation yeah. that made it economically, if not militarily, believe economically bad for them in some kind of way or another. Yeah. And if the United States or if the United States decided it was too expensive, they would up the... Uh, up the lifeline that they have to pay to yeah. sustain Israel, that they weren't going to up it because it would be more expensive. And uh, that's the only thing that would stop them. A lot of people want to get rid of Netanyahu. Who will they bring in? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, because obviously people 
under attack and who've been threatened and in, invaded, first on their mind is going to be, let's get somebody who's going to make sure that nobody can attack us. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I think the pro-militarists are probably going to get get stronger. Yeah, I agree. Cause, All right, sir. Well, thank you for call, t talking. Hey, okay. And we'll okay, talk have again. a good day. Sunny right. here. See you. for me to barbecue. Bye. And that's it for this edition of the Last Negroes at Harvard Daily Podcast. I'm Kent Garrett.